Um, so once again, uh, we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, uh, specifically the section, um, and when we look at the outline entitled, um, Training the Mind in the Stage of the Path Shared in Common with being, Beings of Medium Capacity. Uh, when we look at that particular section, there are four major headings. Uh, the first heading is the mental training. The second uh, training is the measure of the determination to be free. Uh, the third uh, category um, is the uh, dispelling misconceptions. And then the fourth category is ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation. So these are the four categories. Um, we've gone through the first three, and now we're currently dealing with category number four. Um, and when we look at category number four, ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation, we'll find that there are two major headings. First, uh, the kind of life you need in order to halt cyclic existence or the kind of basis um, needed to halt cyclic existence. And then category number two is the kind of path needed in order to halt cyclic existence. So when we get to that second category, which is where we are, uh, the kind of path needed, to halt cyclic existence, you'll find that in the outline there are three categories. The certainty of the enumeration of the three trainings, the determination of the order of the three trainings, and then the nature uh, or the definition of the three trainings. Uh, so these are uh, the three categories, and I'll let everyone know when I do what page we're on. <laughs> So we're going to go over a part of what we went over last week to begin in the great treatise. There is a chip and drink in the house. What the case of a house on the Tejibishi Gurus? Ine the Jeep Chambo, Jama Lager, the Caviar. That's not what this could be. I think we're on page three forty two. Um, if I were explaining here the path of persons of medium capacity, I'll let you know if that's not correct. Um, I'm just trying to find it in the Tibetan as well right now. The 
Um, so we are on page 342 um, and it says if I were giving here the uh, if I were let me try that again if I were explaining here the path of persons of medium capacity alone I would have to give a lengthy explanation of the three trainings however since this is not the case um, so the, what Lama Tsongkhapa is stating here is if he was only giving an explanation of uh, say the Hinayana teachings um, or the lesser vehicle teachings, um, then it would be necessary for him to include at this point a lengthy explanation of the three highest higher trainings, the, the highest higher training in ethics, concentration, and wisdom. But because uh, this is a, a text on all three capacities, and this is considered a section that is uh, the, the stages of the past shared in common with beings of medium capacity. Lama Tsongkhapa is stating that he's choosing to um, explain these trainings in the section on the great scope um, instead of right now, except he will be giving a, a short explanation, which is lengthier at this point than the um, uh, explanation of concentration and wisdom on the highest higher training in um, ethics. So here it says, um, however, since this is not the case, I will explain the trainings in wisdom insight and in meditative in mind meditative serenity in the section on persons of great capacity and will not elaborate at this point. Thus, I will briefly discuss the training in ethical discipline here. <coughs> uh, so uh, um, that's... In the beginning, reflect repeatedly on the benefits of ethical discipline and develop enthusiasm for it from the depths of your heart, uh, as the great final Nirvana Sutra states. Um, so here we'll find the benefits of engaging in ethical discipline, and then we find the downfalls of not engaging in ethical discipline explained. And then we find that uh, lengthy um, eight categories um, when we get into the, uh, the section of explanation in uh, Jayan Sheva's uh, outline. Jigan <laughs> 
Carelessness disrespect and various afflictions. Um, so if we turn to page 343, um, we find that, um, and then we're just about at the end of page 270 then in the Tibetan. Um, so we're just skipping um, over that quote from uh, the final Nirvana Sutra and then Nagarjuna and then the, the Tantric text. So <laughs> of um, uh, keeping or not keeping ethical discipline. We find it really summarized in the Sutra of Belov um, Beloved of Monks, which is actually um, a Vinaya Sutra specifically written uh, to the fully ordained monk. And it says, ethical, the ethical discipline of some leads to pleasure. The ethical discipline of others leads to plain pain. Those who possess ethical discipline are happy, whereas those who break ethical discipline suffer. Um, so here we find that section kind of summarized that we've already gone through. Uh, so Rinpoche said we're going to just go forward. Um, and the, now, Lama Tsongkhapa previously stated that um, he will not be explaining 
the highest higher training in concentration or wisdom in length during this section at, uh, at this point because he'll be explaining it later. But he does state that he'll give a, a short explanation of the highest higher training in ethics. That explanation of the highest higher training in ethics, according to Jayant Sheba, has eight categories, beginning with this first category, which is uh, right, right after the intro, where it says, Therefore, you should also think about the drawbacks of not keeping to ethical discipline and thereby generate great respect for the training. There are four causes of an infraction not knowing the precept, carelessness, disrespect, and various afflictions. So the first is not knowing the precept. Um, so if, for instance, you have a householder vow, uh, you need to know that you have five precepts. If you have a fully ordained monk or nun vow, you need to know how many precepts you have. If you have a novice monk or nun vow, you need to know how many precepts you have. So if someone were to ask, posit the antidote for not knowing the precept, you would state um, a, as a remedy for the precept, so you wouldn't state that, you would say, uh, um, listen to and understand the precepts. So po if someone were to say, posit the uh, antidote for not knowing the precepts, you would say, uh, the antidote is listening to and understanding what the precepts are. So uh, if uh, we understand well uh, what uh, the um, householder vows are and, and what, those, what the number of them are and what they are, uh, or the fully ordained monk or nun or um, novice monk or nun, uh, then that serves as an antidote to not knowing the precept. Um, so then that gets rid of that first cause of an infraction of not knowing the precept. So knowing the precepts well um, is the first uh, antidote. Deekson. ตัวเดโรจุตบะตันกินตะนมาอินะยาอันนี้ชิมบะอินะยามะกวะจุตมะกวะจุตันกวะจุตยาบิชิเมนะอันนี้มะกวะจุตตะกินโลอันนี้ว
This also applies because it's necessary to know what the ethics that abandon the ten non-virtues is. Um, so by knowing that, then you abandon this first cause of not knowing uh, the precept. Dig so. So, as a normal, as a householder, a non-vow holder, one has to think in the same way as someone who has gone forth with respect to um, engaging in ethical behavior, um, because there are those um, um, uh, karmic consequences to behaviors no matter what. Um, so one uh, then has to, even as a householder, adopt these um, attitudes. So here, the next uh, is um, a remedy and uh, for which is called carelessness. So it says, as a remedy for carelessness, train an attitude such as mindfulness, which is not forget which ends to adopt and which to cast aside. Vigilance, which immediately examines the three doors of body, speech, and mind, and understands the right or wrong in which you are engaged, 
shame, which shuns faults committed with respect to oneself or the teaching, and embarrassment, which shuns wrongdoing and thinks others will criticize me. Um, so when we look at this in terms of a householder, uh, in terms of the ethics which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities, um, so if it says, as a remedy for carelessness, train an attitude such as mindfulness, which is not forget which ends to adopt and which to cast aside. So one needs to know um, what behaviors to engage in with regards to um, non-virtue and virtue. So knowing what the ten non-virtues are allows you to know what to abandon. So the abandonments are the ten non-virtues. So one needs to know what the abandonments are. Uh, one needs to know what the antidote is to the abandonments. Um, so first, by knowing what the abandonments are, one knows what to cast aside. By knowing what uh, um, the ethics are, uh, which are, in this case, the ethics which abandon the ten non-virtuous activities, one knows what to adopt. Um, so if then one has, uh, knows the precepts and then uh, has, is mindful about what one has learned um, and, and one has learned what to engage in and what not to engage in, then this serves as an antidote to carelessness. And it says, which immediately exam vigilance, which immediately examines the three doors of the body, speech, and mind, and understands the right or wrong in which you are engaged. So knowing what to adopt and what to um, what to discard, what the abandonments are, uh, what what the activities are that one should engage in, and what the remedies are in order to get rid of the abandonments. Um, so it says, you know what uh, the, the three doors of body, speech, and mind. So one engages in these ten non-virtues through the body, speech, and mind, and one abandons, actively abandons these ten non-virtues through the body, speech, and mind. So one is ab abandoning through body, speech, and mind, as well as adopting through body, speech, and mind. Um, so one is being mindful and constantly examining this, um, and then there are two, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I, uh, I really need a drink of some sort. There are two, thank you so much, uh, there are two um, types of emotions that arise when one is being mindful and thinking of behavior. First, there is shame. Shame is in regard to what oneself and thinking about the consequences and so forth, knowing that um, uh, the, the lower realms uh, will be a result of non-virtuous behavior. Thank you so much. Uh, and also, um, knowing what uh, has been taught in the Dharma, and then recognizing if one is acting mutually exclusive with that, mutually exclusive with the Dharma, um, then one is engaging in what he or she shouldn't, and then feeling a sense of wrong from one's own side is shame. Now, if one then worries what others will think because of this behavior, then this is embarrassment. Um, so it says, um, shame with shun, which shuns faults committed with respect to oneself or the teaching. So this is meaning, the, the way this, what this really reads as is um, shame uh, is how oneself feels about Faults committed, uh, um, faults committed, 
and then behaviors that are mutually exclusive with the teaching. Um, so Rinpoche made it clear that mutual exclusion with the teaching. So, or the teaching, that means behavior that's mutually exclusive with the teaching. Um, um, so, and then it says, which shuns faults committed with respect to oneself or the teaching. Embarrassment, which shuns wrongdoing and thinks others will criticize me. Then Rinpoche, the... Minla jine... Pakupa sola lapo de lausen. Ah, what the low thing is, she could do gemma de lay. Gapo yapi omari. The low with it there. The lapsen. Okay. Intrepidation, which fears the future karmic, uh, the future, I'm sorry, the future karmic fruition of wrongdoing. Uh, so that ends that uh, section. Uh, and one fears the lower realms of cyclic existence, which will be a result of non-virtue. One knows non-virtue leads to, to suffering and virtue leads to happiness. And this trepidation is a fear of what non-virtue will bring. Sandy in this next section uh, deals uh, with respect and disrespect and this applies to someone who has gone forth as well as someone who is just a householder and has not gone forth um, Rinpoche said this is quite easy to understand as a remedy for disrespect have respect for the teacher his rules and your fellow practitioners um, so here um, the remedy for disrespect is basically um, generating respect um, by thinking about the teacher uh, what the teacher has taught um, to engage in and what, uh, what to abandon uh, and then it says, and your fellow practitioners, uh, and this is refers to Dharma friends. Um, so um, the remedy or antidote for disrespect is generating respect. Dixon. <laughs> And then uh, number four, uh, fourth cause of an infraction is various afflictions. So it says, as a remedy for various afflictions, examine your mind and energetically apply the remedies for whatever afflictions predominate. Um, so here, this again applies to 
um, one who has gone forth or one who has not gone forth, uh, a householder, uh, an, an ordinary being. Um, so as a remedy for various afflictions, examine your mind and apply remedies for whatever afflictions predominate. So if, uh, when we look at in terms of the three poisons, um, every affliction has its own antidote, has a specific antidote. So the three poisons are attachment, hatred, and um, ignorance or delusion. So if the attachment predominates, then meditation upon ugliness or impurity becomes the antidote. If hatred or anger predominates, then meditation upon love becomes the antidote. If ignorance or delusion predominates, then meditation upon um, dependent origination serves as an antidote. So each of the afflictions has their own individual antidote. Um, and one needs to apply the antidotes to whatever afflictions predominate, whatever are, are the strongest. Those are the afflictions that are dealt with first. Um, so that's what is meant by uh, this fourth category. <laughs> So these four fall into the first category of Jayan Sheva's outline. So, so now we get into um, category number two in Jayan Sheva's text. Lesser. Less <laughs> Nebba Chiswa Yama 
Nosis <laughs> Jabuki Jeba Chibutanina, what will and she tenji Jebaina, and the Cheba to Museba Yorota. To be Kalun Kalun, Chimin Dajena, Tonundunja, all in Dalogins, Chesumicheros, to be Kalun Letene, Pas Chesuj in Debaina, and know what the Nasun Jagres, Lo all in Dalunajes, all in Dalogins, Chesumicheros, what the so now we get into number two. Um, and number two uh, deals with um, a wrong way of thinking, which is thinking that uh, one is only engaged in a little non-virtue or, or made a, a small transgression. Um, so it's nothing to worry about. It's okay. Um, so this number two addresses that wrong way of thinking. Um, Rimache, shoot the trunk of Mambo Lasson, the Jadan Juni, the Dundagar, Garshin, that the Glong Tomar or Glong Tomar, Yanbaje, Hamachusun, and the Ponton Soncho, Bajibo Cocho, Sojaje, Nije Jatan Juni, Glong Tinia, Jagansus, what that's the second Loma Tunjigas, okay, two hundred and fifty three. Then Sawa. The je ju sum sun ju gu ju. Homa je lama ju sum. Pantun sun ju. Baji ba gu ju. Soja je. Nije jata ju ni. Gnung chi gnung chi. Sanye la ngaro. Ginye la ngaro wa. Wa tindin tatu su kangam kalam malad ni gu ju. Gnung la jas la jas. Okay. So... When we look at the advices for a fully ordained monk, there are 253, and we find them in... Rinpoche was explaining the, the sets of their 4, 13, 30, 90, 112, and it basically, uh, these all add up to 253 vows. Um, so it's a large number of vows, um, root vows at the beginning, and then secondary vows, so a large number of uh, secondary vows. Um, that one needs to keep. Um, so, but all of them are important um, because not keeping them leads to suffering. Um, so here, uh, we'll just read. Um, Those who fail to make an effort in this way, who follow the rules in a lax fashion, thinking that even though they have transgressed, transgressed it is merely a small fault, will gain only suffering. For, as the exegesis of discipline says, 
Those who take lightly and slightly transgress the teaching of the compassionate teacher, thereby come under the power of suffering. Just as one who cuts a grove of small bamboo and spoils a whole, whole grove of mango, uh, here those who transgress the king's pronouncements would not be punished for a few such transgressions. But were they to transgress improperly the edicts of the sage, they would become animals, as did the Naga Alipatra. Um, so here, this is saying that um, if one were to just cut a, a small amount of, uh, um, uh, of something out of a field, um, so it's still not ex extremely clear uh, what this line means, um, and it's still not 100% clear. But I, I, the meaning is that um, if one were to just take a small uh, amount uh, of um, mango, for instance, uh, it may not be punished by the king. Uh, do, so doing something very small uh, may not result in a large punishment by a king. But if someone engages in a small amount of non-virtue, um, then this could lead to a very grave amount of suffering, a very great result or consequence uh, in the future. So then the um, example of uh, the Naga Alipatra is given. And this was a story of a meditator who um, meditated, and every time uh, he would get up um, to go outside of his cell, meditation cell, uh, there was a tree that he would hit his head on. So he became angry and cut it down one day so he wouldn't hit his head every time he walked out of his meditation cell. Um, and as a result of this behavior, the anger and, um, and then the cutting of the tree, as a note, cutting a tree breaks a, a monk's vow. Um, as a result of this, um, he was born as a Naga. Um, and when he in the Naga realm, uh, he had a tree growing out of his head. Um, so this is the story. Um, of Elipatra, and you can see that just the small, uh, which seemed to be a small misdeed of cutting a tree down, resulted in a very large kar karmic consequence in this case. Um, so this is the story uh, that Buddha told. And previously we went over uh, when we were dealing with karma and its consequences. Uh, we found uh, um, the story uh, of the Naga um, realm and why um, those Nagas who were able to um, hold on to the faith. Um, uh, let me try this again. Um, the story previously of the Naga realm and why there were such a large number of Nagas at the, the time. Um, and the explanation of it was that um, those uh, um, um, beings who uh, were previously practitioners of uh, the Buddha Dharma um, who um, engaged in non-virtuous deeds, but still kept their faith um, in the, the karma and its results and so forth, um, were not 
born in the hell realms or hungry ghosts. They were actually born as animals, as nagas, um, because they um, kept uh, that one uh, bit of discipline, which was faith um, in the teachings. Um, so uh, this is very similar to that, where we find this anger results in a um, uh, um, in the cutting of the tree um, doesn't give rise to this um, rebirth in the hell realms. It gives rise to this Naga rebirth. Um, and we can um, validate it and understand it by looking at that previous quote where we see that one who, who keeps that faith but engages in non-virtue may not be born into those lower realms which you would normally think when you match the behavior and consequences because of that faith um, that uh, was still present. Um, so uh, even if they, um, la- it says even if they lapsed in th- uh, the three, um, which um, was rituals, uh, vows, I could find it and it would be right here, but there's um, basically um, they, if they transgress um, vows but still keep uh, the, the faith in the Buddha Dharma then this uh, creates an experience which is a, less, a lesser suffering than would normally be thought of because of the power of that faith Mm-hmm. So previously, when we looked at the, it's the question of the Naga kings of the ocean. Uh, so previously, when we looked at this, we saw that they had lapsed uh, in ethical discipline, rituals, uh, and livelihood, but they had kept philosophical view. Um, so uh, there was a time, uh, when we look at what the story is, there was a time when there were a large amount of uh, Nagas um, in the in the world, and it, it seemed like there were limitless numbers. It says their numbers had no limit. What's the reason for this? Because there was a t- point in time previously where it didn't seem like there were any Nagas. Um, and it's and the explanation is is that um, they uh, there were those who had gone forth and and in, uh, in, into discipline, renounced the wor- world, and went forth into discipline. Uh, so that word went forth is the rapjung, going forth, which means they're holders of the pradamokshas. Uh, so there are these beings who previously went forth, uh, but they weren't uh, perfect in, in their rituals, uh, in their livelihood or ethical discipline. Um, but still their view was straight. It says, so they were not born among the living beings of hells. Because of this, they were, when they died, reborn in places where Nagas are born. Um, So a large amount of people were ordained and went forth. They couldn't keep their ethics, their rituals, or their livelihood. uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, their ethics, their 
specific words are used here. I want to keep use them properly. Ethical discipline, rituals, and livelihood. Okay, so I was correct. Had lapsed, but they held on to their philosophical view. Um, so they were born as Nagas instead of hell realm beings. So we can kind of connect these two stories and see the common theme here um, where this practitioner became angry, cut a tree, and was born as a Naga. Tas Debashula Nebacha Dualan so now we get into number three, and that deals with uh, if you have engaged in non-virtuous activity, it's necessary to apply an antidote immediately or apply an opponent to that non-virtuous activity. Um, and in the case of uh, those who have gone forth, uh, in the case of monks or nuns, we have uh, sojong, uh, which is an opportunity to repair um, any vows that are broken. But then there are those uh, householders who may uh, may not hold vows, um, and for in their case, one uh, has rituals such as the four opponent powers uh, to purify misdeeds that one is engaged in. Um, so there is always some sort of antidote which can be applied uh, when one engages in non-virtue, whether it is breaking some sort of a vow or just engaging in misdeeds that are in common with um, just in common misdeeds. And as a note, that means those misdeeds that apply to everyone. Um, 
Okay, uh, so number th this is category number three in Jain Sheba's outline. Therefore, strive not to be polluted by faults and infractions. However, if you should become polluted by these, do not heedlessly ignore such sins and infractions, but strive to redress them in accordance with the Buddha's teaching. As the sutra requested by Brahma says, rely upon the trainings, undertake them earnestly from the heart, do not give them up later, or break them even to save your life. Always maintain them diligently and engage in discipline. Moreover, as the Buddha decreed in the Sutra on having pure discipline, ethical discipline, the Sila Samyakta Sutra, using reasons you should keep your ethical discipline, even at the risk of your life. O monks, to lose your life and die is excellent, but to ruin and lose your ethical discipline is not. So to, uh, to lose your life and die uh, having ethical discipline is okay, is how it should read. But uh, um, to ruin and lose your ethical discipline is not. Why? Losing your life and dying expends only the lifespan of this rebirth. But if you ruin and lose your ethical discipline, you will experience a great downfall, sep uh, separating from your lineage and giving up happiness over 10 million lifetimes. Uh, so here the Buddha is stating that um, uh, um, it's not saying it's excellent to lose your life and die. It's saying that uh, losing your life and dying, a, whole, a holder of ethical discipline uh, is okay, but um, de the, it's, oh, yeah, I asked Rinpoche before. It's saying is okay, it's good. Um, it's not the word excellent, it's okay, it's good. But to lose your ethical discipline isn't, because when you just lose your life, it's just one short um, lifespan that's been cut. Uh, but you lose your ethical discipline, it's your entire lineage that is cut. Your happiness over 10 million lifetimes that is cut. Uh, 10 million lifetimes such as the lifetime you just ended. So 10 million of those um, um, uh, will be suffering. So one can see how uh, much graver a consequence it is to give up ethical discipline than just dying. Um, so it says, you should think, if this need to keep my ethical discipline at all costs were not the case, then shaving off my hair and donning monastic robes was pointless. Okay, I'll take a short break. Be right back. <laughs> Roll <on. laughs> Action. That was the Grunz Paisot and Dodro Tesmodua. Sudin Adaba Devendule, Grunta Sudo Tisho and Lai, Sudin Ashiv into the Mayeno, Taji Shreshena, Josenka Rasena, Sudo Tisho and Sendini Jawasib and Juji. Sudinia, 
Um, so, when we look at this quote from the Sutra on having pure um, ethical discipline, we see that there's a, um, a correct sign being posited here. Um, so it says that where it says why means that there's going to be a proof or a sign being presented to show, to back up the, the statement that uh, losing your, uh, ruining and losing your ethical discipline is really a problem, whereas just dying with, when you've been ethical um, it isn't really. Um, so why is that? So if one is, wants to say, what's the reason for that? Well, losing your life and dying expends only the lifespan of this rebirth. But if you ruin and lose your ethical discipline, will you, you will experience a great downfall, separating from your lineage and giving up happiness over 10 million lifetimes. Um, so here we, we find the proof to back up the fact that losing your ethical discipline is much, much greater, much worse than just dying. Um, so... Uh, um, this is proven then by J. Rinpoche, um, not, I'm sorry, proven by the Buddha um, in this statement. And then uh, still we're in number three. Uh, you should think of this need to keep my ethical discipline at all costs were not the case, then shaving off my hair and donning monastic robes was pointless. For as the king of concentration sutra says, after you have renounced the world and gone forth into the Buddhist teachings, you engage in sinful actions and attach to mounts, oxen, and chariots, have the idea that wealth and grain are essential. Why did you make no effort to train in anything? Why did you who make no effort to train in anything bother to shave your heads? On <laughs> Drummond 
Chungun Gumanama to Sugutine, Sawan de Bez, and Okushine Chitrubaina, and Okamba Manutu Marota. Chuan de Be, Trishin, Rutan Rutana, T. Gambe, Juman, is Gamba Mazan Rutu Marota, and Chungun Targete, the Zonjumba Taras, Gamma Juma Tutan, and the Gomatus on Gino called Dubutan Rota, Chumba Tarre. The gentilly abbey, moby and now we get into number four. You who seek to escape from cyclic existence, the composite, and to reach the city of liberation will not succeed if the feet of your ethical discipline are unsteady. Not only that, you will return again to cyclic existence and be destroyed by suffering. The Buddha spoke of this with an example in the King of Concentration Sutra. So here, if one wants to um, go anywhere, uh, it's necessary to have the, the feet to do the going. Um, so if one wants to walk, if we're looking specifically at walking somewhere in this case, if one wants to walk somewhere, it's necessary to have feet to go. Likewise here, um, ethical discipline is being compared to those feet that are necessary um, to go somewhere. And in this case, we're speaking of achieving the state of liberation, going to the state of liberation. Ethical discipline are like the feet needed to go go to, uh, here it's uh, the city of, of, um, uh, of liberation. Um, so uh, it says, if you, you who seek to escape cyclic existence uh, and to reach liberation have to have this ethical discipline as the foundation. Um, so it's like the feet that, do the, that walk towards something. It's that um, indispensable. Um, and then this example uh, is given where it says when a man attacked by a gang of robbers he tried to escape because he wished to live but when he set out his feet could not uh, move or run and so the robbers caught and subdued him uh, so it's comparing that to a person who engages in non-virtue someone who doesn't engage in ethical discipline it's saying that uh, like the, the person who couldn't run away from the thieves uh, someone who is confused and doesn't keep their ethical discipline uh, can't run away from uh, the, the, the sufferings of cyclic existence what, uh, because one is bound to cyclic existence by the lack of ethical discipline. So one has to endure the suffering of birth, the suffering of aging, the suffering of sickness, the suffering of death, and has no choice whatsoever. Um, it's, uh, I think it stops right there. Yeah, it stops right there. Dixon. Tingsi Jalpo, then a the long ni yere. Tingsi Jalpo, long ni yere. Kanga la la sen. Tingsi Jabule. Major Chugum Takate. Shiloka sum. Egazambo Jatro, Egazambo. Major Kuma Mogi, Kotzi Neko, Trukaj in a compliment to two months. Lassa, Ilasso. Ne, so on the way. Rotana, T. Comba 
so that um, where we j- where I just ended that ends number four um, and what Rimache just went over if you're wondering why I'm not translating a lot it's the same um, I just wanted to clarify where four and five break um, start and stop um, so that ends number four, as is destroyed by illness, old age, and death. And then number five starts where it says, therefore, as, the, as this sutra says. Um, so that begins number five. And this is a, a great example. Ganshe Habaya Kebashawa Sanjis ne 
So much greater is the merit of whoever practices a single training night and day at a time when the sublime teaching is perishing and the Sagata's teaching is coming to an end. So this is speaking of degenerate times, which we are in, and uh, it's speaking of a time they were in, it was degenerate, and it's stating that during a degenerate time, uh, there's much more virtue um, created by holding vows. Um, because it's less likely during that time to be able to hold vows. So um, because it's so much harder for an individual during that time to be a vow holder, to follow ethical discipline, the benefit of doing so is much greater. The virtue created because of the difficulty is much, much greater. Um, so here it's, it's saying that... Um, um, the merit uh, created um, by um, just holding even those five vows um, uh, during this degenerate time uh, is greater than being able to offer everything one could ever imagine to ten quadrillion Buddhas. So it says, um, so much greater is the merit of whoever practices a single training night and day um, so here a training, an ethical training. So uh, someone who engages in one uh, highest higher training in ethics is during a degenerate time has created more virtue than someone who during a non-degenerate time offered food, drink, umbrellas, banners, processions of lamps to quad, 10 quadrillion Buddhas. Uh, so it's showing how beneficial Holding the ethical dis holding on to ethical discipline is and and what the the results are and the and that the results are very great um, during the during this degenerate time. Dig some Rinpoche. What is on that? So much time, but when you have to do, and then as we shout, say, "Chubambuya, Jimbataya." So during this degenerate time that we're in now, if we make prostrations, if we make offerings, if we engage in generosity, then it's a, 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 a great benefit. It's very beneficial. So if you can read this again and again and look at these signs over and over, it, it, you'll understand. It will it'll make... It'll almost like it, uh, it solidifies in your mind. You get it. <laughs> we went over this before. Yeah. So now we get to number six. 
Chijaki, Tosawa, Tamas, Tosawa, Majawos, 
Okay, so now uh, this will all be number six. Uh, furthermore, you might think that even were you to incur an infraction, you could confess it afterwards. However, in this case, you lack an attitude of restraint that prevents you from committing the action again. So engaging in this infraction is like eating poison and telling yourself that you could always take the antidote later. For as the lion's roar of Matreya Sutra, Matreya Maha Simha Nada Sutra states, Matreya in the future, in the final 500-year period of the teaching, certain renunciates and householder bodhisattvas will claim that sinful karma is completely extinguished through confessing the fault. They will disclose the infraction, saying, after we have become involved in sin, we will confess it but they will not restrain themselves from doing it again. I tell you that they possess fatal karma. What do I mean by fatal? For example, it is like people who ingest poison. They create their time of death and then end up in a misguided descent into a miserable realm. Matreya and also Matreya, what I call poison in the noble teachings of the discipline is transgressing the fundamental trainings as I have prescribed them. Therefore, do not eat such poison. So here it's saying that the uh, non-virtuous deeds are poison. Ethical discipline um, is um, not, it, it leads to happiness. So one should not ingest poison thinking that, oh, well, I can just uh, take the antidote later. Um, it'll be fine. And one wouldn't do that with normal poison. Um, and when we compare uh, mis misdeeds to poison, it, it's very similar. So why would we then think that we could just take the antidote to these misdeeds later and that it's okay? And the problem with this is, is that when we're thinking in these terms, we don't have this commitment to not engage in it in the future. Um, so we, we uh, are missing a component of the purification. Now we get to number seven, and then there are four categories in seven. So that you don't Hamanonios <laughs> Hamanon <laughs> 
这个结账是，结账，结账一千块一，结账一千块一毛多，那他他把这中国送不到钱，他把钱别个送过来，个一毛多，多少呢送不钱，下个月吧，下个月吧送。सोनास कहाँ पर राजू ला मैं चेकूँ कहाँ पर चिंबे सों गुना कहाँ पर राजू के सों बल सों गुबल कैसा कहियो हमारे सों गुगरेस सों गुगरेस रवा ताँ कहाँ डूबी सवायां सुधीर ये ते पंजांग शुभलेस वो तत्त्व ने दुबार निबात मेरे दुबार निबात दुबार तामत तामत जे ने बात है ना हाँ रुपए सवा यहाँ अने छुट्टी ये तो पंजाब के शुभले हाँ जे सवा हाँ जे सवा ताँ हाँ जे सवा ताँ बहुत छुट्टी थे हाँ जे सवा ताँ बहुत छुट्टी थे तेरे चुन्दू ताने ज़ोबा डांस सवा छुट्टी चे तेरे चुन्दू चे ज़ोबा चिंदू तो सुबह 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 लेते हैं दुआ जाला ते बा上周三，那上下堂的来了，买包，上下堂的，上下堂来了买包，这他妈，人家对待了，对待吧，这他妈，人家对待吧，叫我买包，叫我多少钱，最近他把，嗯啦，这对待。Dembar cunah, dembar dembar cunah, dibun dua jenis. Yang lain dua betul dah dembar ina, cuitin je, cuitin je, tenek kerja tu. Cakap dalam cuitin dah, tenek cundu dah, zuba dah, jalan tebat dah, sanju kisah je, sanga dah, lelum mabat dua jenis dua. Waktu dua betul jalan je tu bayi na. นั่นว่าเด็กเจ้าหมาเรื่องเช่นดูเดล่ะช่วยมาบัดจุกุนดูว่าดูว่าดูว่าเช่ที่จริงห้าป้ายอย่างล่ะเด็กดูนทัศห
અને સાજા મન બોધા ชุดนี้เชตะกันตะกันเนี่ยมาเลยสมุติจุนชุดนี้เลยเนี่ยมาชุดนี้เตะเนี่ยมุติจุยสูเรชุดนี้เชตะกันตะกันเนี่ยม
patience, faith in the conqueror, the spirit of enlightenment, the mantra vehicle, and the absence of laziness, just as the Lord possessing the seven treasures tames all beings without disillusionment, so a mantra practitioner controls seven when possessing these seven. Uh, so these are the seven treasures uh, of a mantra practitioner, um, beginning with the um, joyous perseverance, um, um, ethical discipline, uh, joyous perseverance, and then patience, and then faith in the conqueror, the spirit of enlightenment, which is bodhicitta, the vehicle of mantra itself, and the absence of laziness, of lelo, no laziness. And then we find uh, the root tantra of Manjushri. This is all in number two. Number two ends at where Columba's uh, quote is. As, and the root tantra of Manjushri says, if these persons who recite mantras spoil their ethical discipline, they would lose the highest of attainments, also middling attainments, and the least of attainments. So all attainments um, are lost. The small, medium, or great attainments are lost through discarding ethical discipline. The master of the sages, this is Buddha, does not say that faulty ethical discipline achieves the tantric path. Breaking ethical discipline is neither a situation nor a destination for those going to the city of nirvana. For those miserable children, where is the achievement of the tantric path? For beings who have faulty ethical discipline, where are the happy realms? Since they will attain neither high status nor the highest bliss, what need is there to speak of their attaining the knowledge of the mantra vehicle taught by the conqueror? Um, so, if someone who discards ethical discipline can't even be reborn in the higher realms of cyclic existence, what need is there to even talk about tantric achievements? Digson. Oh, yeah. Tajinto Chuchin Chula 
Okay, so number three starts with Kulimba. When a famine occurs, everything depends on barley. So barley flour um, uh, is kind of the basis of, of the diet. This is, they make everything from barley flour. Um, so it says everything depends on barley. In the same way, everything revolves around ethical discipline in the practice of the teaching. Therefore, apply yourself to this. Those who have not thought about karma and its effects will not achieve pure ethical discipline. Therefore, thinking about this is a personal imperative. So this is a personal instruction. You should think about karma and its results over and over again. And then it says, as Shirawa said, because if you think about karma and its results over and over again, it will encourage you to engage in ethical discipline. And as Shirawa said, in general, whatever good or ill happens to you depends on religion, depends on the Dharma, you could say there, Dharma. Um, moreover, within religion, if you depend on what the texts on discipline say, you will not even have to repeat things. You will be confidently pure, consistent, sure, and steadfast. Uh, so these are both Kadampa masters, and then we have the great Kadampa master, Geshe Drontompa, who is Atisha's root disciple. One, who hold, one group holds that when you rely upon the discipline, you discard the, ma- the practice of mantra, and that when you rely upon the mantra vehicle, you discard the rules of the discipline. The teaching that the discipline is the companion of the mantra vehicle, and the mantra vehicle is the companion of the discipline, exists only... Uh, in my Guru Atisha's lineage. Uh, so this is showing how ethical discipline is indispensable even in the tantric vehicle. So that's number three. And then we have a quote from Lord Atisha, which will be number four. And it looks like we're ending because all the books are closed. Uh, so we'll end there today. <laughs> yeah. Concluding mandala offering dedication prayer. Don't forget we have uh, 
Mahayana One Day Vows on Tuesday morning at 6.15 and a Guru Puja, and then intro to Tibetan Buddhism, Source of All My Good, on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the Manjushri and likewise Samadhi as well. Whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traversed three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness, all powerful. For our Tenzin Yatso, we stay until samsara ends. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandog, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance, to Jirum Chikuti Shepherd, then on